0: Uh, I want to talk with you today about um, learning the lessons of endurance in leadership, but I want to pray first. Father, in Jesus' name, please be with us. Father, lead us and guide us and direct us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we would hear from you, and in so doing, prosper. Thank you. In your name, Lord. Um. Making mistakes in life is such a great teacher. (laughs) It's also the teacher you can't stand. But all of us have to do it. I want to talk with you about endurance this morning, which is a very key word in your faith walk. Endurance. When you think of endurance, what do you think of? What? Running and enduring, and where's where's uh, where's Andrew at? Andrew, you here? Did you play hooky? Oh yeah, there you are, back there. You can see, by, you see Andrew runs the race. He runs all these races, all these 10k's, 20k's, 50k's, 135,000k's. He's always yeah. running something. <laughs> he's got endurance, you know. He just whether it's sleet, snow, rain, shine, like the postman, he's just getting in there. Just can't wait, and then he comes home and relaxes, puts a heating pad on him, and eats a bunch of chocolate and watches TV football. Not really. (laughs) So, who amongst you likes failure? (laughs) You kidding? You were kidding? (laughs) Just put it down like that. Not me. I can't stand it. I'm not the kind of. I just hate. I just hate it. I shouldn't use the word hate, but I can't stand to fail. But failure has taught me some of the most meaningful lessons in my whole life. You will succeed in life and you will fail. It's what you do with those failures and how you get back on your feet and move forward. Failure and success go hand in hand, trust me. But success is determined by endurance. The marathon. The marathon, constantly going. My goal, your goal, whatever that is, is defined by perseverance, the long run in life. Not the short run. Anything that is done quickly probably won't last. Did you ever buy something and go, hey, Jeez, it just broke. How many buy something and, it, and it's, it never ends? You know, you're like, anytime I buy something, it's broken. Any of you? I do. I'll buy something and say, honey, I hate to say this, but it's probably going to be broken. And it's, and it's got something that broke I just got a, an elliptic machine. They gave it because we were, I'm not in the gym anymore. So they got an elliptic machine for my birthday. I'm putting it together and I'm not good at putting things together. But I'm putting this thing together. I'm reading the directions. I'm looking at YouTube. I got the thing going on, uh, honey. I got the legs on it. I got the I got the got the poles. I got the I got everything. Oh, I got that. now. I got to put the little little feet going. I'm like halfway there. Said, "This is awesome. God's with me." And so. I start putting, and then all of a sudden, uh, they, they had a bolt in one of them, and it's only like one way you can go. And so I got that down. I said, great, then I'm going to do the same thing to the other one. And what happened was uh, when they welded this thing, they welded it down to where half of the hole for the screw is, is not there. So I either have to take the screw and point it up this way and put it in, which I can't do. And I tried, 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 and I tried. She tried an hour doing this stuff. I don't like to fail, but I failed. (laughs) I couldn't get the thing in, and I thought it was probably made on a Friday in China someplace. I don't know, but the but not no, casting aspersions on China. I just just about anything you got is made in China. So uh, I thought this is not right. The long run, so you know, if if it's quick. When you say to the doctor, you know, I've got to have these appendix out, but if you could do it quick, I'd appreciate it. Like in an hour if you could do it because i got places to go and people to see. That's what you say, right? No, you don't. Oh, please take your time. Go very slowly. I'm very fragile. I'm important to me. I like me. So I'd like to be able to walk properly when you're done. Also, please don't leave any utensils there if you would... Possibly do that because I don't want you to have to go in a second. Take your time. Do the long run, Doc, but don't be quick. Success in life is largely a matter of holding on after others have let go. It's easy to let go because endurance is tough, because perseverance is not easy, and it's made to be that way. Because God, you're just not born. God is making you and through many difficulties and hardships do we enter the kingdom of god it's not we're not eliminated to that we also have great and wondrous victories that god gives us if a person fails and a person continues to fail then they've most likely most likely quit i just keep failing i don't know some people you've heard them i don't know is it going to be a good day oh maybe but it probably won't be at the end of the day it's just it's not going to go well Yeah, but today, I mean, just believe. God God bless you. You know, don't. It doesn't make any difference. You know, uh, they're always going to have something negative to say. Well, it was a pretty. You know, what do you think? It was. It was a pretty good day, wasn't it? I mean, did you? Did you? Yeah, it was good. See, already, but you know, I got the evening coming, and you don't know what the evening holds. It'll probably end up bad. I mean, these people are just quitting. They're just giving up in life. It's important to remember, and here's the first. I believe the first PowerPoint. It's important to remember. Two words. Check it out. Persistence and resistance. Did I give these to you? Oh, I'm looking at it up there. Oh, it's on there. It's not up there anymore. You're flipping me out. I gotta turn around. This is like really perseverance here. You know, just coming to turn around. I get thank you, Gabe. Gabe can always pull a rabbit out of the hat. You know that? No matter what he do, he's got the thing going. Persistence. And resistance. I want you to remember those two words. Write in them. Put them in your head because it's very, very important. Persistence wears down resistance. It wears it down. There was a. a has anybody heard of the name Rocky Marciano? It even sounds cool. Rocky Marciano. Yes, he was Italian. <laughs> he was born before any of us was. He was born. I don't know. I don't know, he fought in the 30s. He was probably born before that. Rocky Marciano was a heavyweight champion of the world. Absolutely persistent. He's the one that made the famous line, when you've been knocked to the mat and you can't get up, get up. He was a very persistent fighter. They called him a rock because they would try to hit him and they couldn't knock him down. He kept coming back. Beat up, bloody, nose twisted, no matter what it was, he kept coming back up each time. He was the most enduring, most persistent fighter at that time. Rocky Marciano stood up against resistance. The other guy wanted the belt, and he had to resist that through the persistence to win that fight. All of us are in a fight in multiple different ways. We stand, we fall, we're good, we're bad, we're right, we're wrong, we succeed, we fail, but there is always, and say this with me, the grace of God. Say that with me. The grace of God and the love of God, the love of God. You feel like you're in Sesame Street? <laughs> say it with me. Grace, love. Rocky Marciano won the belt a number of times, and. Because he just would not give up. When, when even his manager would say, Stay down, Rocky. Stay down. Don't get up. Now, it's like the Actually, Rocky, the movie Rocky, was copied after Rocky Marciano. Stay down. You're too bloody. You're not going to make it. He kept giving up. And he prevailed. If you resist every obstacle and persist in times of difficulty, you're going to end up getting where you want to be. You're not going to win all the time, but if you keep persisting through that, you're going to get exactly where you want to be. Sometimes you don't think you are to be where you're at, but God knows where you're supposed to be. I'm talking about achieving your goals in life, personal goals as believers in Jesus Christ. Nothing in the world can take the place of endurance. Endurance. You ever had anybody talk to you and they just were quite persistent? And they didn't stop? They just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. And then all of a sudden, you're like resisting. Okay, it's time. I'm telling you, God even left us. So it's time for you. (laughs) It's time for you to stop. But you're not going to say that necessarily. But they persist. Because they want you to listen. And it doesn't make any difference whether you listen. They just want to talk to somebody. You happen to be a warm body there. Nothing in the world takes the part, takes the place of resistance. Listen, I'm going to tell you a story. Early in 1914, and I'll bet none of us were born then, although it was the first year of World War I. That's when World War I started, 1914. Early in 1914, British explorer Sir Ernest Shackleton went on a trans- Antarctic ex, um, uh, excursion. Shackleton's plans was to be uh, the first team to cross the Antarctic, Antarctic continent, to start on one side and then cross the South Pole and continue on to the other side. He gathered a top crew of twenty eight men, choice men, to join the expedition. Collected funding, purchased supplies for the journey, and a ship called Endurance. They set sail to Argentina to begin the journey, and by the start of the summer, that's exactly what they did. Large icebergs hindered progress through the Antarctic Circle, and after a few weeks, the Endurance was wedged between giant ice flows. Now, if you go to look at these gigantic places, there's ice flows, big chunks of ice that could be several miles long. They're just breaking off. so they were floating on these ice floes, and endurance was wedged between two of these. So the expedition was going nowhere, dead in the water. After a couple of months, the ship was crushed by the ice, and the crew had to spend the next few months camping on the floe. With the ship crushed, Shackleton turned his sights to a completely different trajectory, a completely different task, and that was just getting home alive because they were in BT, big trouble. No longer his aim was crossing the continent. His aim now was getting all 28 men safely home by moving around the ice floe. They could make a dash across to south of Georgia, a little teeny speck in the South Pacific Ocean. They made it to open water and rode five days across stormy, rough seas and waves as high as apartment buildings. The weather turned for the worse, and they were swept off course to a rather magnificent island called Elephant Island. There they set up camp and they rested. And Shackleton made the decision to take a small amount of men and cross to South Georgia so that they could then rescue the rest of the men as they got help. The small dinghy boat they took to South Georgia was the best out of all the lifeboats, these little lifeboats. So they got the endurance and they had a couple lifeboats. Well, this is the best lifeboat, and they're going into the sea with it. They covered it with tarp and started a risky journey to south of Georgia. For those who stayed behind, oh, the wait began, and the wait began, and the wait began. They didn't know how long it was going to take for the rescue team to come back, and they didn't even know whether Shackleton and his team was even going to survive the walk to retrieve them. So they're thinking, this may be it. Finally, listen, I'm just paraphrasing this story. After three days of sailing, three days sailing in this little dinghy, they made it to the village of Stromness. Stromness it's kind of a crazy place. Stromness. A small settlement in south Georgia where whalers and fishermen were. After a brief stay, they started immediately organizing Shackleton and his men, the rescue team, to go get his men on Elephant Island. Within three weeks... All members were brought safely back to Stromness. And within a couple months, all 28 men arrived back home to England safely. The Bible verse that Shackleton held close during all of those times of devastation and fear during that particular expedition was Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. And this is what it says. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, our hardships, our sorrows, our failures. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, our moral character, or our ethical qualities and character. And character produces hope even through our successes and our failures, with endurance, God, through His love and His grace and His mercy, allows us to still have hope. Because our hope does not in our righteousness or our goodness or all of the things that I can do well or all of the things that I succeed in or all of the things that I feel people are singing my accolades with or, or the determination that I have. My hope is found in in Jesus, and Jesus alone. Shackleton was persistent in his endurance to save every one of those 20. It was against all odds. All of those men went home to England. To persist in reaching for what God has for you, whether it's your ministry, whether it's your personal walk, whether that is your business at some point, whether that is relationships, whether that's integrity, whether that's morality, to persist in reaching what God has for you is to be hopeful. Hope makes you smile. Hope gives you faith to go on the next day, to endure through the storm. Hope allows us to breathe and live and knowing that this is not all that God has for us. And to resist is then putting on the shield of faith, which rightly navigates and helps us navigate around what Ephesians chapter 6 says, uh, being being able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows that the devil throws on us, and he does throw those at us. Someone in the last couple weeks said to me, um, as one of our staff members said, um, they talked with somebody that said they had a dream. And the dream was that there were some demons in front of Spencer. So they were like in the road, like close to my house. All right. So like they're looking at my house, our house, looking at Spencer. And they were, they were not, they were like in the yard a little bit. And they wouldn't go up to Spencer because, They wouldn't go onto the campus because of Jesus. But they were throwing these fiery darts at the school. Throwing them and lobbying them and and little explosions here and little explosions there. They couldn't go up, but they were trying their best to get to you and to get to me and to get to our staff and to get to... All Elam family try to wear us down to the place that we end up looking at things differently, that we become intimidated, we become feeling bad about ourselves and and, uh, looking at things in a way that maybe we shouldn't or feeling about us in a way that we shouldn't or us finding ourselves in difficult situations. Just throwing those fiery darts. But that's what he does. He's never going to stop throwing the the fiery darts at you That's and me. He's never going to stop that. That's the reason there's endurance. You're going to get caught between some ice at times and you're not going to know what to do and you're not going to be able to move. But through endurance and through persistence, you will break through. And God will give you the desires of your heart. We will not be defined by our mistakes, though we make them. It's what we learn from our mistakes, and we all make them. The Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, made this profound prophetic statement about our journey in life. And he said this, may you be strengthened with all power, all power according to his glorious might for all endurance all perseverance and patience verse 12 and giving joyful thanks to the father who has qualified get that word who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light Jesus a couple of key words endurance I added perseverance and qualified qualified what do you do to get qualified for something? Run a race, playing football, playing basketball, playing soccer, playing lacrosse. I know I'm from Maryland, lacrosse is really big. You have to, get, you have to qualify for things. Playing, uh, whatever, no matter what it is, you've got to qualify for it. Can you make the team? And there's a qualification for each and every one of us. God does not tempt us at all. Lead us not into temptation. But the God doesn't tempt. God doesn't tempt. But he does test. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I think I've shared with you. Um, See, I'm testing you, therefore, to see what is in your heart, to see whether you'll keep my commandments or not. And in so doing, we find ourselves in a place of strength and power, persevering during times you might not even think you're going to make it. Through almost impossible odds, Shackleton uh, brought 28 men to safety qualification. Check this out. I'm coming to an end here. Qualification comes as a result of endurance. Qualification comes as a result of endurance, and character comes through persistence and resistance, which produces hope. Glory to God. I'm telling you, if it weren't for hope, we may as well pack it up and get out of here. If there's not hope, that I will be better than I was last year or five years ago or 10 years ago or tomorrow, then I'm relying off of my own self-will and the things that I have, which is nothing but filthy rags at the end of the day. My hope, my persistence is for a goal and my goal is for hope and my hope is in the cross. That'll make you smile. That'll do something to you. Hope gives us the ability to grasp what it is that we need from God during times that are almost impossible to get through. I will be, you've heard me say this also, I, at the end of my life, I'm going to be qualified by who God says I am in Christ Jesus and what he has done for me and not by my failures. I'm going to end it with Romans 15, chapter uh, chapter 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Hopefully you're teachable. Some of us aren't. You know, some of the greatest leaders, and I'm not going to tell you their name, some of the greatest leaders at Elam Bible Institute, then, now EBIC. Some of them were kicked out of college. <laughs> some of them were almost kicked out. Some of them, I don't, you don't have the merits anymore, do you? Oh, that's past. Some of them have more demerits than Bear has aspirin. Some of them, some of the leaders at the time thought, I don't give you a plug nickel. You're not going to make it. There's some of these, mostly men, guys seem to be more troubled than women for the most part. <laughs> They're some of our greatest leaders today. Do not be defined by what the enemy says you've done. Rather be defined by what he has done for you and in you. To teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the engagement, pardon me, and the encouragement they provide, that we might have hope. Through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might
1: have hope.
0: So as you're leaving for. Until next semester, and I hope you all come back. I tell you what, this is my first presidency. It's is my first bunch of students. We've been knocked around, banged around, shot those flaming arrows, hit us, bouncing off. You got, But you know what? Look, guess what? You're still here. You're still here. Even those who may have left, God loves them explicitly. He's doing great and wondrous things in their lives you made it. Maybe with some bruises and a few ups and downs, but that's okay. That's life. What am I going to learn from that? How am I going to handle that? Where am I going to find my endurance and persistence in what God has defined me to be? So um, it's been a blessing. A lot of you are leaving. A few of you are staying here. We're coming back whatever, January something, right? What's the date? 10th, January 10th, you're going to have, you know, Christmas and you're going to have, the, you know, uh, first of the year and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, it has been an absolute pleasure for me to be with you and to watch you and to talk with many of you and to see what God is doing in your life. Um, How many are not going to quit? How many are not going to quit? You're not going to quit life. You're not going to quit Jesus. You're not going to quit no matter what happens. You're not going to quit. Who You're my heroes. Praise God. Bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. So, thank you very much. I'm going to ask now, Brother Stacy's going to come up. He is going to uh, service communion, and he is also going to uh, close the service. Thank you.
2: Somebody said uh, Dr. A had uh, blue jeans and a gray jacket, and I had blue jeans and a gray jacket, so they asked if uh, uh, we'd call ahead to coordinate our outfits. The answer is no. (laughs) Uh, I do uh, call and text Dr. A, and he uh, calls and texts me. Uh, But I can guarantee you we'll never have a call and a text asking what the person is going to (laughs) wear on any given day. But I do want to say I've always uh, actually begun, I mean, for years uh, I've had the opportunity of doing this communion. Uh, the last uh, chapel, and uh, for the last seven years, I've always affirmed uh, our president, who, who is uh, Mike Cavanaugh. Uh, but today, uh, I just want to say thank uh, thank the Lord uh, for the new president that he's brought to us, Dr. A. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I wrote in uh, you know, a uh, some letters to the students uh, last March, and uh, they can testify that uh, at that point, uh, after we found out who the new president was gonna be, I said, uh, you guys are gonna love you know, the guy that's coming. And, uh, and I know that's been the case, uh, and we are so thankful. Uh, he had lunch with me yesterday at his request. Matter of fact, when he asked to have lunch with me, I said, okay, now what have I done wrong? Couldn't think of it. I said if he wants me to go into the executive dining room, I'll know I'm getting spanked, but I couldn't think of what I would, anything I'd done to deserve getting spanked for you know. but anyway, he wanted to eat out in the uh, the uh, the main uh, auditorium, so that was uh, <laughs> so, uh, so so it was just to build a relationship. and uh, he said, you got to promise me you're gonna stay here uh, with me and I said uh, you know if you if you promise to be president for the next eight years, I'll do my best to hang in there. And I said, you know, my God, what did I say? You know, (laughs) so uh, as long as he's here, I'll I'll do my best to hang in. Well, I know that ordinarily you look at the uh, Corinthians passage when you're talking about communion. uh, But my thoughts were drawn to uh, Luke chapter 22 uh, this morning. And just to very quickly share really three words uh, with you. Uh, three words that uh, just have been on my heart, uh, you know, for the uh, the last several days. Uh, one is the word love. Uh, the other is the word loyalty. Uh, and the third is the word service. Love, loyalty, service. And I draw them all out of this passage where... Jesus has performed really this miracle to create the, uh, the last supper that he has with the disciples. Uh, he says, you're going to go ahead into the city and there's going to be a person that you run into and you're going to ask him, uh, you know, what room has been prepared for the teacher and uh, just, uh, you know, the beautiful story and the disciples come to the city and find it exactly as Jesus said it would be. Well, when the time came, and this is in Luke twenty-two fourteen, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table, and Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. I have been very eager. Uh, I did some research in the Greek and the Aramaic. That's kind of a weak translation, but there's a lot of passion involved in his statement. I've longed to be with you. And we come to the, uh, the Lord's table this morning. Uh, I just want that to uh, be planted in your heart and spirit that the Lord Jesus loves you so incredibly much. He longs to be with you this morning. Uh, he longs to go home with you over the break. Uh, he longs to have a relationship with you. It kind of struck me that the, uh, he said, when, before my suffering begins, uh, the disciples had no idea that that was going to happen that very night. It was that night that he was arrested. And uh, the only person who knew that it was going to be that night was the uh, one called Judas who was sitting there and that brings me to the aspect you know of loyalty because Jesus you know, gives them the cup and gives them the bread and talks about the New Covenant and talks about his broken body uh, theology that uh, we're very acquainted with you know being here at the school uh, after he says the New Covenant, between God and his people. Uh, he says, there's one sitting here as a friend who's going to betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must be, must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? And so I'd like to uh, challenge us you know, in response to that great love that he has for us. And uh, having no idea what Dr. A was going to share, you know, the aspect of endurance. Uh, You know, we've gone through some suffering, you know, this semester uh, in a lot of different ways. You know, some physically, you know, some emotionally. Uh, It's been a herky-jerky thing. You know, we've been face-to-face, and then we've been Zoom, and then we've been face-to-face again. Uh, There's been a lot of pain. Involved in this semester. Uh, but I want to say in the midst of the pain, Jesus longs to be with us in love. Uh, and our response is that we will endure by giving him loyalty, even in the midst of the suffering that we've experienced. But the third challenge I want to bring to you is this word, service. Because it's interesting in this chapter that uh, after he says one of you will betray me, they start to fight amongst amongst each other. And amazingly, what they're fighting about is who is going to be greatest. Doesn't really say it, but I'm I'm assuming that the fight must have gone something like this. You know that the uh, you know one of the disciples is saying, well, you know, I would. Uh, yeah, you know, I would never betray him, even in this situation. And another disciple says, "Well, yeah, you know, even if it was this situation, you know, I would never betray him." And and they're going back and forth, and you know, trying to establish, you know, who's the greatest, who's the most courageous, you know, who's going to be the most loyal. And then Jesus says this to them: In this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people. Yet they are called friends. But among you, it'll be different. Those who are the greatest among you should lead like a servant. And I just want to challenge you as you go home. uh, Many of you will be moving into situations, uh, some of them good situations, some of them not good situations. But whatever kind of situation it is, I ask you to, uh, coming out of that great love that Jesus has for you, in the loyalty of love that you give back to him, move into your home situation with a heart that says, how can I serve? Uh, How can I lay my life down for my family? How can I lay my life down for this brother or sister that's struggling? Looking at maybe my parents, you know, in the midst of a, a marriage crisis. Yeah, you know, how can I serve? What can I do? You know, Lord, show me creative ways where I can go in the spirit that you demonstrated because you gave the greatest act of service. You gave your life for us. How can I give my life for the people around me? Love, loyalty, service. Uh, I'd like to have uh, those thoughts planted in your heart, yeah. You know, as you uh, move home, and we just uh, are so thankful for the opportunity, speaking as uh, one of the leaders here, uh, as one of the staff members, and I know that. Uh, any staff member that was sitting in this chair right now would say the same thing. And the thing I want to say to you is thank you for the opportunity of being able to love you and to serve you. I've uh, made this statement uh, every uh, last chapel for seven years that I consider it a great honor to be able to serve you know the greatest student body in the whole world. The freshmen may say, well, you're being a little dramatic. Even some of the sophomores have accused me of being dramatic. But the seniors know I really mean it. Uh, You really are incredible, incredible people. And it's such an honor to love you, and it's an honor to serve you. Oh, we've got a lot of gorgeous couples on this campus, some single, some married. But I'm asking one of the most gorgeous Dr. Nathan and Miss Emily, if they would come pass out these communion elements. Absolutely. I've always, let me grab one tube before you go. uh, I've always said to them they look like they stepped out of some models catalog. Well, this is a new deal to me. The last time I led communion was on Zoom. And uh, when it came time to, uh, to have the, uh, the juice, I didn't have any juice, and so I had Coke in my glass, you know. But I think the Lord honored that. Who's at the piano? Brother Dick. Lead us in a song. What?
1: Verse four goes like this is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood.
2: This is his body broken for you. Let's partake together. The blood that cleanses us at all. The blood of the new covenant. The blood that wipes out Every sin you have ever committed or ever will commit. We drink it with deep gratitude now, together, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for sending your Son. And I thank you, Jesus, for how passionately and completely you love us. We respond to that love this morning by saying, Help us to endure in the midst of the suffering that we have experienced. We say that by your grace, we choose today to be loyal to you and Lord help us give us eyes to see as we move into the different situations that we're going to face all of us over the break help us to be true servants make us instruments of your love as we move into the situations keep us from the attitude of going home and saying, wait on me, serve me. But how can we serve and love others? And Lord, as one of the staff sitting here this morning, I I, I thank you. I thank you for all my colleagues, first of all, Lord. The leadership, the staff, the different people who serve, some of them very visibly, some of them not visibly Lord they all have such a heart for you and they have such a heart for my friends that are seated before me right now I thank you what a privilege it is to serve with these kind of people on this campus but I thank you even most of all certainly for the opportunity to serve you but the opportunity that I've had to serve these precious lives. I thank you for the freshmen. I thank you for the sophomores. And I thank you for the seniors. I thank you for each one. I pray your blessing on them as they go or they stay. I pray for traveling mercies. I pray for the ones who aren't, who aren't here today that have already gone home. We pray for the ones that left us under difficult circumstances we love them all and we look forward to a wonderful reunion in January bless my dear friends now as I pray most sincerely for the greatest student body in the world we love you Jesus and thank you for your sacrifice in your precious name we pray Amen.